welcome to another episode of RM Sotheby's Car Show. And we are sitting here in this uh, glorious little library, River Thames, over my shoulder, through the window there. And uh, we're going to just chat about some, well, what are we going to chat about, chaps? We're just going to talk nonsense, aren't we? Oh, now, because that is the nature of the RM Sotheby's Car Show. Yep. We're just going to talk nonsense and hope that people are interested. Uh, so I'm joined by uh, car specialist Will Smith and Michael Squire. And uh, uh, so thanks for coming, chaps. Pleasure. Thanks Thank for... You. Uh, Michael's moaning already because he's nearly finished his coffee. In fact, have you finished it, Michael? Half, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, would you like to send your, your lad there to go and get you another one? It's in the early tour. <laughs> um. <laughs> um, so what we thought that we would play a little bit of a game today, you know that, like, if I win the lottery at the weekend type of thing that you talk to your mates at the pub about? I, you know, like, I, if, I won, if I won two million, what would I do with it if I won five million or... If I, in fact, in my case, if I won, I don't know, for one 500 quid, You'd be happy. I, I fantasise about what I might do with that. Um, so we're just going to, we're going to consider what we would buy at three different price points if somebody get put some bundles of cash in our hands and said, you've got to spend it by the end of the week. And this is just personal choices for us. So these are personal choices. Mm. I don't think you have to worry about um, investment potential. I don't think you need to worry about whether it's going to be worth more or less in 10 years from now just because you want it. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. What's first? So, our three price points are £50,000. Still a considerable sum, gents. Um, £500,000. Okay. Quite chunky. And then we're going to go £5 million. That's a good which, win. Is, which is properly chunky. That's yeah. a good win. That's yeah. Euro million. That's, that's Euro. Euro. Yeah. That's Euro. It's not a rollover week though. That's okay. not. Oh, you, that's like thirty million. That's putting. Yeah. You know. But yeah. it's it's a good win. Solid. Yeah. You, okay. You've unfortunately shared it with someone else, haven't you? Yeah. Someone else has got the same numbers. Yeah. You're never going to win it again. No. No. How sad is that? I'm, so, gents, um, fantasizing about winning the lottery is one thing, but uh, do you actually play the lottery? Because if you don't, if you're not in it, what well, that is the catchphrase, isn't it? You've got to be in it to win it. I, I do play it, and Peter Warman says that as a result, I've got a gambling addiction. Which I, I think is a bit do. of a stretch. Well, did, but, I mean, yeah. are you spending two pounds a week, or are you spending twenty pounds a week? Because I've, because uh, I'm completely naff. Uh, I only buy tickets if it's a big amount, and that's well, stupid. Well, this is yeah. the thing with the lottery, isn't it? I don't play it, but and well, and, and 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 no, no, neither do. Well, apart why, why like I have occasionally. I, I think I got rejected. By the app, right? I failed their their pre checks or something. You failed their KYC checks. <laughs> I, I, no, I I just tried to do it, and it was just more complicated than I wanted it to be. And then I just thought, okay, fine, I'm not going to win the lottery. If you don't want me to win the lottery, fine. That you see, I'm so Mogadishu <laughs> did go down well with that. I'm okay. so out of touch that I didn't even <laughs> know there was an app. But you made a very good point. Mm -hmm. So you you're looking at the lottery. And it's the, the the you know the national lottery. You're saying this week's jackpot is two million. Mm. He's not even playing for two million because no. because for Michael Squire it's not enough. If it's twenty million, he's up for it. It doesn't matter. It's, it's return what, what, on investments. You have got the odds of winning, and then you know your two quid ticket. So you may as well play for the big ones. Well, if you won two million, it's still two quid quite well spent, wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, but your chance of winning that are minimal. Oh, this is... But listen, we have won 20 million. This is the point. We've won 20 million. We're going out. We're going to buy some cars. Uh, yeah, although... Well, yes, we are. Yes, we are. All you're allowed to spend, though, is you can spend 500... Uh, no, five million five hundred and fifty thousand pounds is your ceiling limit on these three cars. Yeah. Uh, but let we so fifty thousand pounds. You got fifty thousand pounds to spend. Mm-hmm. I can start with you, Will. What are you buying? I am going back to a car that my dad had for a short period of time when I was about four years old. I think someone had stolen his BMW M535 whilst he was on a test drive. Actually, he did the old trick of driving. Let's do a swap over. Okay. My dad got out the car. <laughs> the guy on the test drive jumped over and drove him up in his car. You're kidding me. No, seriously. Whoa. It was an M535. And at the time, this guy then shot off up the M1. And my dad had obviously called the, the, the flying squad who, who, had, who had arrived en masse in their Rover V8s or whatever. Did he have his direct lines for flying I think squad. he might have. Wow. And anyway, they chased this guy up the M1. And... He, they couldn't catch him, and he ended up uh, abandoning the car in a pub because he thought this is a bit of a pointless task. Um, they found and recovered his car, but I think he crashed it, or, or like the wheel had been bent in, or something had happened to it. Anyway, the car went off. My dad got as a replacement an M635, which was totally impractical for the four children, the three children that he had at the time. But he, he managed, and, and we had this red M635. And there's pictures of me in the back of it when I was a kid. And ever since then, I always thought that was a great successor to the three-liter CSL, and it has that sort of pillarless yeah, coupe. Yeah. I, I saw one once about ten years ago that was just a perfect example. All original paint, fifty thousand miles. It was white with black, um, and it was. It just struck me as a beautiful road car, and they went up quite significantly in value about five years ago, but have kind of dropped back a little bit and. I think for 50 grand, you can still pick up a really good M635. And yeah, elegant, coupe, long distance touring ability, big boot, four seats, lovely. Two and a half seat. Well, yeah, yeah, you know. Two plus two, two, sort of. You're not sitting in the back of the note. I wouldn't sit. I wouldn't wouldn't have a chance. I I probably am. In a a child seat. You'd have plenty of space. Good choice, and okay. but I, what I'm just going to say is, for the benefit of anyone that may hear a dog scratching oh, yes. in this podcast, or potentially see some fur like uh, like a rug on the floor, that's Bertie. Bertie is a Wheaton Terrier, special guest, and uh, he's coming up nine years old. He's quite lazy, sleeps a lot, and he's lying on the floor. Yeah, so he may he may stroll around at some point, and therefore, it sounds like your normal day in the office. Uh, have a scratch. <laughs> Have a snooze, <laughs> make a coffee, go home. <laughs> that's mark. That's marketing for you. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Uh, so a, a six three five, an M six three five. Guts to be the M CSI. Yeah. Nice cars mm. and so rarely seen on the road these days. Quite rare. They made about five hundred of them, I think, UK cars. Mm. Um, and yeah, you do not see them. For love nor money. No, yeah. no. I get excited when I see uh, a six three five of any description. Uh, Michael, fifty grand. Uh, do you know what? Weirdly, exactly the same thing that you've just done. What? Yeah, not no, not six three five. Okay, a, a, a car from your childhood. Okay, which is uh, uh, my dad because he's a he's a fan of rallying and a and a massive chav. He had an Evo six from you. He still got it. 
And um, that would... Are they 50 grand? A really good one that's not been messed around. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. A Tommy Mackinnon edition. They can be over if they're, they're they're really, nice. really good. Yeah. If, they're, if you've got one which hasn't been modded at all... I've never um, driven one. Get... I've always done the Subaru thing, but I've never done the Mitsubishi. Yeah, the Subarus are the fashion ones, aren't they? Because the whole Colin McRae thing. Mm. Whereas, um, yeah, it was that car we just did so many track days with, and it's just mesmerising, and absolutely love it to bits. And they're just, yeah, they do everything, and they get you out of so much trouble. That's cool. And, yeah, I love they it They are... When I was a journalist, that was a brand new car. And um, we got one from uh, Rally Art. They sent a car. That it, it, it was a, was it, that the silver press car? I think it was white. Okay. I think it was white with red bits on it. That was, I think it was that's a Mackinac car, isn't it? White and red. Well, they were normally uh, red. There was the, there was or the, red. I think the Rally Sprint was a, was a white. Um, it was definitely white. But I, we were doing... Oh, it's all a bit of a blur now. But we were doing one of our typical things at Autocar, driving down through France, and we had a Skylight, we had an R32, mm. an, an Evo 6, and an Impreza, an, like an RB5 it was. Okay. Anyway, I was driving the Mitsubishi. Now, you will might be able to stand testament to this. They have an insanely small fuel tank capacity. They do, there. yeah. Mm. And I the fuel gauge it doesn't isn't linear. So it goes down a little bit, and you think, God, this is economic. And then suddenly it just goes, bang! Well, if, but if you drive it hard, because yeah. in those days you could drive through France basically flat out. Nobody, yeah. nobody cared. Uh, and um, No, no, autocast journalists just thought they could because they thought they had a pass for just driving like idiots the entire time. Well, you, you, should, you should watch the videos made by the journalists on Fast Bike magazine from that era. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, they literally wheelied to <laughs> Cannes from Calais. Um, if you drive an Evo 6 really far, you know, mm. like if you put it on an auto route and just like hammer it, mm. you, you only get about 130 miles from yeah. the tank wow. of fuel. So if, you, if you're driving to the south of France, you stop for fuel about eight times. But they're not really about motorway cruising, are they? They're like no, no, point no. to point. They are mega. They in, are the mega. Wet, in the mud. Um, they have something called active yaw control. That's right, yeah. Can you explain to me what on earth that is? So do you remember when Ferrari brought out the Vorhovit Speciali? And, they, right. and everyone was really excited by this idea that it, you could drift it and it would sort of help you hold the drift and keep it all under control. That's what Mitsubishi had done sort of 15 years beforehand. Okay, and so how does it work? Uh, um, I think it, it uses, it's got obviously sensors and obviously there's all the four wheel drive diffs and stuff, but it's, um, it, it, I think it generally just uses brake, the brakes to, um, as to how the power's being applied. But it is just, I mean, you can get into so much trouble in one of those mm. on a, a, you know, on a track day and it just, that anti your control just saves you completely. Mm. It is, it is amazing. I, I always thought, in fact, I wrote an article about this once, is that those bonkers sort of WRC derived cars um, from back in the 90s they were relatively affordable to mm. ordinary people mm. and they were just so good I mean clever mm. and they inspired so you were able to just go so fast in them mm. but it was like they were inappropriately fast 
Yeah. And and because you, if you take something like an Evo six on a, if you're on a country B road, you're going from point A to point B. Mm. You begin to think you're invincible because the car is, you know, you you just think I can, I don't even have to slow down for this corner. This yeah. car's so good. Yeah. And of course, when it all goes wrong, it goes wrong in such a spectacular way. And it's, do you know about that? Peter? Well, no, I don't. I ha- that's one of the few cars I haven't crashed. Uh, Will. Um, <laughs> But it, 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 we'll tell the insurance company. <laughs> but they are apps. But but they 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 were sort of borderline irresponsible for public. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a bit it's a bit like passing your bite test. They're quite yobby. And you go and buy a fire blade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, when you're eighteen, an Evo six would do four point four to sixty. Yeah. Which wow. in two thousand with with I mean obviously that's not with no, three you know, kids in the back. That's one of three by five off the line. Wouldn't yeah, it? completely. Yeah. And across, across country, they were unbeatable. Yeah. I mean, I remember. Um, uh, being a passenger with Dad, we were going to see Truxton British GT in like 2002 or something. And we ended up having a race with a, a brand new Suzuki GSX. I think it was a 1000R. I mean, the, and the guy, I mean, the guy on the bike was nuts. But we were doing, you know, stupid speeds, and that was Salisbury Plains. Wow. And it was, and it was just flying across it. All the bumps, it just didn't didn't notice any of it. It was amazing. Love it. They're just yeah, they're super super oh, I, things. I, I would guarantee that if you took a twisty country road, point A to point B, and you had a a GT3 RS911 mm. and, mm. and an Evo6, I, I I I'm pretty sure you'd get there quicker in the Evo. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and it's it's super confidence inspiring as well. Yeah, you do feel like you can literally achieve anything in it, which is. It's a little bit dangerous, <laughs> but it is. They are they they are mesmerisingly good, and and you just the technology in there is just years ahead of what mm. people are doing in Europe. Japanese cars for you, I and know. the quality of the paint and the yeah, they're just fantastic. But I also think with Japanese cars of that era, and I haven't driven a sort of a modern Skyline. I always used to think it was a bit like driving um, a, an Amstrad Hi-Fi. Um, it was like, especially the, especially the skyline. You'd get in, and there'd, there'd be all these like little like LED lights. And it, do, do you do you remember watching the Cannonball Run? Of course. Right. Do you remember the Japanese crew in that whatever? Jackie it was? Chan, wasn't it? Jackie Chan. Was, and, it, and, it, and the car just used to like go. I love that car. Actually. Yeah. Well, it was. They're a bit like that, aren't they? Mm. It's like, ooh, I don't know what any of this does. <laughs> Don't press any buttons. <laughs> well, the beauty of the Evo 6 is that the interior is exactly the same. They use the same interior for like a Colt. So you'd, you'd mm. walk past a six grand Colt and you look inside. It looked, I couldn't get, get my head around it why it looked exactly the same as my dad's Evo 6. Mm. Everything was this wonderfully rubbish plastic. Yeah. Quite durable though. No long Incredibly. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's something endearing about rubbish plastic. Mm. It's very... I think it, it's it's very of its era, and it and it today, you know, you get in one a Subaru or a, a Mitsubishi that has that crappy plastic, but it actually stands the test of time very well. So it's done better than Ferrari five fifty Maranello interiors. Yeah, everything's Ferrari, sticky. Ferraris are full of crappy yeah. plastic. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Um, What's your choice, Peter? Come on. Um, okay, so I was originally mm. going to go for a, a, an Alfa Romeo Duetto Spider. Okay. Because I just think that there is something timeless and beautiful, and it's got a great engine. About Dustin Hoffman. Dustin about Hoffman. To say, and, first and Mr. Robinson. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, Dustin, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, something about my, you know, penchant for older women, perhaps as well. Mm. And uh, uh, but no, um, I think that you know, I remember us being at Samaritz, and we had um, 
uh, we had that collection including a really nice duetto and I remember mm. thinking that for fifth, that's all the car you need it's yeah. stylish yeah it's got all the Italian but you're leaving, you're building this up as if that's not your choice yeah I'm going to shut up about that right. <laughs> because I feel duty bound to choose a code from seven okay yeah, I agree. so okay. it kind kind of a, a you know 50 grand buys you quite a lot of that Probably buy pretty much whatever you want. Yeah, kind of new gets, 620. Get, 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 gets yeah. you a, the get best a good ever spec. K trip, basically. Yeah. Um, and they are just. Well, it, it's Which sort one of. What would you get? A, well, I'm a. Okay, so I, as you know, I used to work for K trip when I was very young. And of course, it was a completely different world then. So you had old cross flow engines and we had the Rover K series yeah. and um, the Vauxhall 2 litre. Mm. Um, and then I, and then when I left the company, everything started changing. They started using Ford engines, and they've all, they've got, they've got lots. They started of, making lots of money. And they started, yeah, they made more you're, money when I you're left. You're crushing yeah. salary. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the number of cars I crashed, not my salary. <laughs> um, but they, so I'm a li- So if you kind of ask me to identify a car <clears> off the current price list, I'd, I'd struggle a bit. But I think any. So b- back in my day. You could buy a 1600K series. Mm. Um, K series being, for the benefit of listeners, uh, it's a Rover engine which was also used in earlier leases and exiges mm-hmm. and um, oh, the much loved uh, F type, um, MGF, sorry, yes. uh, not F type, um, and various other and various other cars. But 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 it is an engine that you can actually extract quite a lot of power from, and it's very light. It's all aluminium. And uh, they do love to occasionally grenade themselves. They do or, when they push too far. Yeah. Well, you, ideally, you don't want to put a K series in the back in the back of a car. If you've got yeah. it in the front where it can cool properly, uh, okay, head <laughs> gaskets, it, all that kind of issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, in, a, in a K, I mean, I raced K series engines for years, and they actually rarely had an engine let go. Mm. But a six-speed gearbox. Yeah, you can get what they call wide track front suspension on a Caterham, so it, it just gives it a bit more yeah. overall stability and turning and everything. And uh, yeah, and just take as much weight out of it as you can. Amazing. Those cars are just—you get no. There are no brownie points for looking cool in a Caterham because you just look like an idiot. Yeah, uh, you know, you're sitting on a roller skate and yeah. you know, um, on the floor. But, yeah, like, on. but they are they it remains the purest driving experience that you can have on a I kind of road. agree with you, annoyingly. Yeah. We had one when I was about 14, 15, and we built it in, in the garage, and then we took it to Cater and they were like, what have you done? Like, <laughs> I think it spent two weeks there rectifying the mistakes that we'd made. But it was still a really rewarding process. And then we drove it. My brother was, I think he recently got his license and somehow managed to get insured on it, and he just... Just everywhere he drove that car, as if he'd stolen it, and roundabouts and multiple police incidents where they pulled him over. But I, I loved it. It was, it was it was just like a little go kart, and and it was a road sport 140, which is a slightly wider yeah, chassis. Yeah. yeah, with the 140 K series engine, and it was just brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant, and we sold it for. I think what we paid for it, which is the amazing thing about K-Trips, they hold yeah, their value. They hold their value so well. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they, 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 they really, especially if you build a kit, because, right. you, because you're buying, you're paying less up front because yes. you're putting the labour in, yeah. and then two yeah. years later, you, you're quids in. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, I, I pre-marriage, pre-kids, I was driving one every day. It was my only car. You know, and pe- people say, oh, you can't own a Caterham and you can't live with a Caterham. It's like, well, I, I, I did for five years. Yeah. I mean, I, I go to the supermarket in it. I mean, in everything. Yeah, um, they're quite practical. Actually, they, they can be practical. You can get more in it than you think you can get in it. Are they? I've done a long weekend in a CSR 260 a couple of times. And it, and it really is a case of, you know, a pair of pants and a sponge bag. <laughs> was it a long weekend or a dirty weekend? <laughs> or was it long and dirty? By the time, I, by the time we'd done the torrential rain, it was a, it was a dirty <laughs> one. No, but you see yeah. people who catch them and they stack up their tents and stuff on the back. It depends how yeah, much... Yeah, they've got the bags that they put on the... You yeah. know, it's, it's like a motorbike, you know, it depends how much stuff yeah. you bolt on the back. I drove I do, Caterham, I've yeah. driven a Caterham from the UK, uh, two big trips. I, dr- I went to an international rally in San Moritz. Drove it there, drove it back, mm. uh, and I've driven one to Barcelona as well. Wow! Wow! Yeah, get you. I know. God. That's cool. and, and the one I drove to the... Barcelona didn't yeah. have a windscreen. Really? <laughs> it just had one. actually my oh, favorite, one of my favorite ever caterers that I've never ever seen ever. They did like in the nineties. Andrew Frankel did a book about supercars, and in it was the Caterham Seven. And was it the J? P- JPE the, the Jonathan Palmer JPE yeah. edition yeah. which yeah. had no windscreen and was like a rocket ship 200 yeah. horsepower yeah. Um, yeah well it was too so you remember the the, the John Cleland era Vauxhall mm. touring cars mm. those engines were built by a, com- a company called Swindon Engineering okay and the JPE essentially had the touring car spec 250 horsepower wow. Vauxhall yeah. two-liter engine. No, no wonder you don't see them then. I, I, I have never no, seen them. No, they, they, they weren't. Well, the thing was, we're talking about a 50 grand budget. Mm. I think that car came out in 1992. Mm. It was 60,000 pounds. Okay. Yeah. And it had, so it was a lot of money, but that, yeah. the engine was about 15 grand out of, out of its crate. So that was, and, and there was a lot of carbon. Are, where are they? Have you? I haven't seen a lot. A lot went in those days. Uh, Caterham's biggest export market was Japan, yeah. and and a lot of them went to Japan because the Japanese buyers at that at that time had a lot of money. Okay, and they were prepared. It's to now them. Japanese owned, isn't it? At Caterham, yeah, I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, it's now Japanese owned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Anyway, awesome. Anyway, cars. so awesome, there we go. Awesome cars. Um, We've done our 50 grand. All good choices, by the way. Yeah, not very co- controversial. No one's really... No, no. Yours is very, very sensible. I feel like uh, Evo 6 and Caterham is uh, <laughs> on the more antisocial scale of things. Yeah, oh, my, my, yeah. they're not family cars, but well, well especially <laughs> mine, yeah. You can drift a 635 quite easily. Christ, fighting Yeah, mm. um, it, it, an Evo 6 is a family car. Yeah. Actually, it is. It is, <laughs> it is, it is. No, that's fair. Um... Okay, we are considerably upping the ante here, guys. Mm. I mean, we're not just going to 100 or 200,000. We're going to half a million pounds. Which is about the average value of what we sell in this company, isn't it, per year? Which, which is about the average transaction price of a, of a car that we put through auction, mm. um, which is uh, not in, uh, ink in, what's the word I'm looking for? Insignificant. That's okay. the word I was looking for. Um, you can buy a... You can, it, I live in West Sussex. You can buy quite a nice house for five hundred thousand in West Sussex, for sure. Which is infinitely more useful than a five hundred thousand pound car. I think you'll find. <laughs> <laughs> is this sponsored by Savills or something? What's going on? Sponsored by <laughs> Knight Frank. Okay. <laughs> um, five hundred thousand. Right. Go on then. Will Smith. Uh, I'm going to go racing car because that's kind of the ultimate way to get your kicks in a car I think 
Um, and I'm going to go touring car, circa Pro Drive 1992 E30 M3. That to me, if that was in my garage, I'd look at it every day and be like, I just want to drive it. And it, yeah, that's at the era when I was growing up, and it, you know, it's very evocative. But I've got another BMW. Actually, it's a bit boring. But anyway, E30 M3, the Pro Drive one, like it just stuck in my head at the time. Tim Harvey um, was one of the drivers at the time, and Soper. Was it Soper or was it Winklevoss? Sitner yeah. definitely drove BMWs mm -hmm. in the day, but I don't know if he drove Pro Drive. But anyway, that car, it could do well in that iteration. It just, I think, strikes me as one of the purest touring cars out there. And there's so many historic kind of events now that you can do with them. And yeah, they ran at Spa 24 hours. They, you know, obviously touring cars both here and in Germany. Mm -hmm all over Europe and hill climbs you know just such a versatile racing car um, and for half a million I reckon you can buy a pretty good one you can buy a very good one mm. yeah. that's a nice choice I, I, I knew you were going I, I knew this was all going to be about BMW with you Will Smith it I knew is. it I, 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 although I'm now trying to ponder what your 5 million pound BMW that's might not be. a BMW that's, Mil that's 3 not. to 8 millimilia maybe <laughs> no no. Uh, okay. All right. No, um, no good choice. Um, I'm. I'm not going. I'm not going to jump ahead of Michael. But I mm. think you know. I think my garage is going to need a racing car. So mm. I'm sort of with you on that. Okay. Um, okay then, Michael Squire. I've exhausted racing for my life. Have you? No, I haven't. You're extinguishing no. racing. <laughs> it, it, I, the problem is with buying race cars is that um, you know their, their usability is you have to be really committed to it. And, you know, so I think... But with my lottery when I've just bought a house and a racetrack next to my house. <clears throat> OK, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like Jack Settle. Yeah. You know, yeah. You've got 20 right, million. Enough. This is a 20 million quid win. You don't, don't, don't worry about maintaining your racing car. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Yeah, OK, maybe I've messed, messed that up. <laughs> anyway, um, I was going to be really... Actually, I shouldn't say this. I was, was, was going to be boring. Actually, buying a 27RS Touring isn't boring at all. Um, but I do love them, but I think actually it'd be a Lancia Stratos. Ooh. They are just... Do you fit in one of those? They are, I do, just. Really? Yeah. They are, they are just all things. And uh, Batoni design, the history of the rally championship, how the car came to being. Um, they sound amazing, look amazing, they just do everything. I remember... They're I remember... Incredible. Yeah, I remember... So I, I sort of remember them in periods because I'm 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 sort of just about old enough. I, they um they look like UFOs, didn't they? They look like it, it looked like a spaceship. Nothing, even, nothing. Yeah. yeah. The only thing that you can um, sort of see similarities. I know this is a bit of a stretch, but when you look at like the doors and and the way that the sort of clams are done, um, they're not massively dissimilar to a mirror, mm. and they're pretty much designed by the same guy. Yeah. So it's it's a sort of to me, I mean, I'm, I'm obsessed with mirrors. Um, they're like a, a fiberglass miniature mirror in a way, mm. and you know, a V6, not a V12, and you know, it's just the, and the whole history of how. I mean, they are the uh, they are the, the only time that someone has built a car. Uh, oh, sorry, at the time, there was the only time that someone had built a car just to go rallying. Mm. That was they were they were sim simply the homologation special really yeah you know yeah. and obviously Group B came along but before that all rally cars were essentially family coupes and saloons that had been then you know Group Ford 
into becoming something to win the World Rally Championship, whereas that was just like incredibly dominant, dominant, ugh, dominant sorry. Mm. And the Alitalia colours, I mean, just yeah, everything. They sound so, amazing, don't they? Yeah, they're amazing. Mm. So they're, they're, for me, yeah, Stratos is... But a road-going one is what you'd have. Yeah you, yeah, you wouldn't get close to me a good Group 4 with, uh, mm. with half a million, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, yeah, Group 4 would be fantastic. But, but yeah. Yeah, a nice. You what do you need? What do you need? Nice to, what do you need to pay for a group four? Massively depends on the car, but you could for a decent privateer, you're probably looking at I don't know, probably about a million euros, and then for a works car, well above that. So it's. Mm. But mm. They, they, the funny thing is, a lot of the rally cars have quite convoluted histories. Um, really. Rally cars? I know. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, there's definitely one Italian dealer that used the same number plate uh, on about four different cars, claiming them all to be one car. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, they're super things. I mean, you look at, like, the history of the chequered flag cars. You know, well, one car gets crashed heavily, the next car gets burnt to the ground. Mm. You know, I think there were, there were three slash four in the end chequered flag stratuses. So it's... But yeah, that's just amazing things. So yeah, I'd have one of those. Very good. Good choice. Good choice. Well, I'm <clears throat> on reflection, having rolled with the Caterham as my as my fifty grand choice. Um, again, a little bit like you, Will. I, it, it feels like I'm sort of following a bit of a theme here, and I don't. I didn't want it to be that way. But I'm going to go for a Lotus Fifteen, which right. is might might actually struggle at 500 grand but it, it's going to depend on the car well, well um, those sort of you know storied cars with you know, yeah four different chassis numbers you probably could get into one i i yeah i i think you'd be that unpopular guy on the grid who insists on having a 2.5 wouldn't you <laughs> yeah you, yeah Absolutely. everyone else is like oh, i'll run a two liter and you'd just be like yeah no no no, 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 no. no. Go, i'm going for a win here Michael. yeah okay on, and however i have to do that you're compensating it, yeah it won't, it yeah, won't be okay. through talent it will be through <laughs> cheating okay. and uh, but um so lotus 15 because i love 50s sports racing cars and i can't afford a d-type or a c-type can't afford a proper lister mm. Um, I, in fact, I can't afford most things on the grid. The thing about a Lotus 15 is that it's it's a race-winning car, mm. potentially. Um, well, demonstrably, yeah. they are. And um, You can mix it with much, much more valuable machines. Yeah, they, I mean, how often has a Lotus 15 won at G Goodwood or, or been They're top three? They're amazingly plucky. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the, it's typical Lotus. It's... Mm. Uh, it, it, it's, it's 500 odd kilos of weight yeah. um, with a, a twin cam Coventry Climax engine, brilliant engines, quite delicate, mm. but anyway. Uh, I mean, you've got to, I mean, the thing is with Lotus 15, you might win assuming you finish, but there's a good chance you might not finish. But they are amazing. In term, as a value proposition to get on some really good grids in mm. historic racing, mm. they're actually, they're hard to beat. And they look great as well. They do. Great show. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm sort of banging a bit of a Colin Chapman drum here at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, that would be my choice. You're a great fun down a pub, aren't you? Yeah. Well, Colin Chapman, who's the best? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was. Uh, well, we could do a podcast on Colin. We could, yeah. He, he is yeah. amazing. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> taking away from that at all. We, he is we, amazing. I think, I, I think yeah. we, we ought to do a, 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 a podcast on Colin Chapman. He is amazing. Um, yeah. Or we can get into DeLoreans and all sorts of things, can't we? Mm. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, now we'll get, we're getting to the big bucks. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're yeah. getting to the big bucks. Up we, to five. We've got up to five. It's important to say you don't have to spend five. Mm. You can put some. You can save some money for a a meal deal. Yeah. Or a, something yeah. like that. Um, tank of fuel even. Be helpful, wouldn't it? Last time I bought a car, classic car from a dealer. No fuel. There's no fuel in it. Oh. I mean, it was outrageous. Had to go to the nearest petrol station to go and fill it up. Um, <laughs> so, Will Smith, five million quid. Wow. Uh, there's obviously a lot going on in my head right now for five million quid, but I don't actually think I'd need to spend it because I would go with another racing car effectively, but one that perhaps you could use on the road, you could do road rallies in, and it would be a Porsche 3-litre RSR mm -hmm. because that iteration and that evolution of that normally aspirated 3-litre Porsche is kind of the ultimate of, of its era. They then went into turbocharging very quickly after after that. And so as a consequence, I think, you know, the, the RSR is like the, 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 the Evo 3, you know, the ultimate evolution of, of the 911 as a normally aspirated racing car. Also, you know, hugely dominant in track, hill climbs, you know, yeah, anything it applied itself to. And I once drove, well, no, I did drove, drive one many, many years ago and parked it. And the noise just stuck with me in my mind. Um, I've driven a few on simulators of, of late. My friend's got a great game. Um, which steering wheel, it's so nerdy, honestly. And my go-to car on that game is 3 litre RSR, round the Nürburgring. I'm in heaven, I, I'm absolutely in heaven. So you're buying, you're spending five million quid off the back of a simulator drive? Yeah, basically, wow. basically. But I don't think I have to spend five million. We well, should, no, do, you have we to should do this in our auctions. Um, sort of a simulator sat there, and yeah. then the car is amazing to drive, and then they get it home and they're like, oh God. <laughs> They should have just bought the simulator. Um, no, I would, I would, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would think you could buy a great three litre RSR for about three, three and a half, four million. Like, very like, one. like yeah. incredible history. You know, it won that race. It won this race. It's totally original. It's never been bashed or crashed. That's kind of up there for me um, as like a pure versatile driving machine. Like, yeah. And it's a Porsche, so it's probably going to work. And whilst it's relatively expensive to maintain, they, they tend not to break as much as other racing cars. Um, so yeah, 3 litre RSR for me. Very good choice. I mean, you're a fan of those, aren't you, as well, Squire? Yeah, I like Lion Evans a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not sure I'd go for an RS, I think it'd be an RS. Just because I, I think mm. the RS is just amazing, but yeah. Uh, okay, so Michael, um, where did that dog come from? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's teleported from somewhere in West Sussex. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> well, he doesn't sit that nicely next to me. Mate, he, he looks like his owner. Um, he does look like his owner. Which uh, poor Bertie. Yeah, I know. He's uh, it's yeah something. He's, it's a burden. Um, so you've got uh, five million pounds to spend. I mean, you probably have got five million pounds to spend. I mean, we, we, um, Will and I are just fantasising about it, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you you probably have. I'll, I'll, um, I'll put you through to my NatWest graduate accounts, <laughs> bank manager. 
Every time I go down to the car park, <laughs> there's, the there's another crisis. new car bought by Michael Squad. Um, <laughs> how are you going to spend your five million? Um, you know, I was originally thinking about a four cam, two seven five four cam, but and they are I really, I mean, they're amazing to drive, and I really, I do think they are like the ultimate. I mean, short wheelbases and stuff like that aside, but they really are the, the ultimate Ferrari GT car. But it'd have to be a D-type. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love Jaguar D-types, and I think they're just yeah. they're revolutionary. They look amazing. They sound amazing. They drive amazingly. They're just yeah, they're everything. And they fall a bit by the wayside in recent years. Like, wh- why do you think that is? Um, I think it's it's really simple. No one gets to really see them anymore. Mm. You don't see them at race meetings. You don't tend to see them much at concourse. You might see them if you're lucky enough to, I don't know, do the Colorado Grand or something. You might see them there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they you know they they but they're not. I mean, they are rare cars for sure. Mm. Um, but you know, they should be seen more regularly, and and that's nothing against the owners of them at all. Mm. Um, you know, they are very valuable cars. But uh, but you know you're you're not going to race an original D-type on on track mm. if you know there are there are recreations on there. Mm. So but that's that's a different different subject. Are you going are you um, going long nose short nose? Uh, you you won't get a good long nose for five. Mm. So um, that's quite quite some way above. Um, so uh, yeah, it'd have to be a really nice production short nose. I don't, I'm going to get really into detail now. I want an appendix C car. With a full windscreen, and yeah, because it's basically like an XKSS, but without the gigantic price tag. Yeah. So um, yeah, they're they're just they're super things, and they they won so much stuff, and they're like the ultimate sort of sports I'd, car. I'd rather have one than an XKSS anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Personally, yes. Yeah, I, I kind of. Because the XKSS, it's got, it's got it's, they've got no. They don't tend to have historical. They don't tend to have the race histories. No, they, they, no. They, a lot of them did race in SCCA. Mm. Um, but yeah, like a great D-type. You know, we used to speak to Peter Blonde about his car. Um, you know, he'd just drive it to race meetings. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. he did. He, you know, actually had a little crash in it in his car in, on the way to Seston. Mm. Um, you know, he. That's it's just the way it was. And then he'd go off and race in the Goodwood TT. Mm. You know, yeah. and that's you know you, you don't get cars like that nowadays. No, no. So it's, no, um, but, but they are. Uh, it's the automotive equivalent of a Spitfire mm. plane. Hundred percent. Yeah. Either. The way the dials are, the way yeah. the switch gear. You know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. They're magnificent. So and it's a proper cockpit, isn't it? You know, when you get into one, you like lower yourself yeah. really. It's, it's an occasion. Yeah. You know, you really, you know, every single mm. time you feel like you're sort of. Sliding yourself into a glove or something prob- is amazing. One of the problems is that D types, a bit like original Cobras, and that drive one to the pub. It's like, oh no, mate, that's a nice replica. Yeah, you know, what I don't that? mind that. Though. If I owned one, if I, if you see one on the if one part if a D type passes you in the yeah. other day, well. I mean, the percentage chances of it being a, a copy are, of course, much higher right. than it being an original. But it's your assumption anyway, isn't it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and if I rocked up in an original detail and someone went nice replica, I'd just be like, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'd, like, I'd like the satisfaction that I, people think I'm driving a Proteus or a Lynx or something like that. And actually, I've got a real one. But I don't need to tell anyone about it or shout about it. It's just, if you know, you know. Yeah. I once took my Lotus 11 to a rolling road and the bloke said, oh, is that a Westfield? <laughs> <laughs> Almost. 
See, that's where Lotus offenders get... I threw a spanner at it. Lotus owners get really offended is your car Westfield. Well, he wasn't laughing after he got hit on the head by that spanner. No. Anyway. Um, uh, good choice, Michael. Yeah, they're super things. I can't have a Lotus 15 and a D-Type, though, can I? Though I mean, that's just... You, you know, could. I could. I could. No, I'm, I'll tell you what I'm going for. I'm, I'm going for a Comp Daytona. Oh, that's a fantastic Ooh. choice. I Would you get one for five million quid, though? Uh, well, I would. Ooh, you're stretching it. But yeah, you might, you, you might, you, you might get an independent comp. Mm. In fact, yeah. you, you would get an independent. I, comp. I'd get an independent yeah. comp. Yeah, yeah. Nice. and some of those did an amazing amount of racing. Mm. But yeah, again, they were like the ultimate GT race so, car yeah, at the time. Actually, you'd be on the grid with me in my three liter RSR. We'd be on the same grids, wouldn't we? In, the, in the, probably one of the best sounding cars ever. Mm. Yeah, they're amazing. Uh, on the on the pipes that you get on a Comp Daytona, mm. just amazing. Yeah, and they just look cool and. Yeah. You can drive it to the pub. You, it, it's one of those cars that does almost. It. Oh, it, you know, it's it's exactly the case that you put forward for the for mm. the Porsche. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I I just they they do something for me, which uh, yeah. and I just think it, a lot of it's about the sound actually. But they're just su- they're just such great cars. Yeah, yeah. And they're very very effective as well. You've driven a couple, haven't you? Yeah, that I mean the noise is just unbelievable, mm. and it, it really is. Just when you think you, you you look down at the rev count, you think, God, I must be near the red line. The noise is just insane, and you realise you've got another three thousand RPM to go. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. they're they're amazing. And they are the the best thing is you know the Christian Hewitt did this book about them, and it's race by race, and they only built fifteen of the of the series of factory cars. There were a couple of prototypes and stuff, and they're independent cars, but it's the same car appearing at Daytona every year. Mm-hmm. You know. Wow. And so all of their histories are just like, you know, they, they raced for, I think they were sort of, I think the, when the, the guy came second at Daytona, I think it was, I think it was like 81 or something like that. I think how many cars are racing for that long wow. at the top of their, yeah. you know, I mean, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're, just, they're mega. They're absolutely mega. I love them to bits. They're a great choice. I'm slightly annoyed now. Wow. So Cork yeah. Daytona D-Type and an RSR. Mm. That's, quite, that's a good three-car garage, isn't it? Quite cool, but all very racing-orientated. We haven't gone like kind of Concorde pre-war Delahaye's, or you know. We no, I'm, I'm I'm actually annoyed with myself that I haven't I haven't chosen a pre-war car. I thought, yeah, I thought you were going to go for a Bugatti, sort of 35B or 51. Yeah, yeah, I think I think a 50 a 51, you know, just because I'm greedy and want a twin cam, I, I, mm. I you know a good 51 would be. Mm. Up there, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's so many cars. There are so many cars, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, if you t- ask me tomorrow what my choice would be, it'd probably be completely different. But yeah. today, I just felt like BMWs and Porsches. German engineering. It's quite. I think it's important that our listeners appreciate that we do no prep for these podcasts at all, do we? Zero. We do zero, zero. prep. So we haven't really thought about this at all. Until you no. told me this and, morning and, and, this is what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a bit of an admission, isn't it? That's fine. Because we're meant to be informing people with well-considered 
views. Yeah, but then they won't get our like actual views. They'll get some pre-prepared bullshit that we've spouted out and, and prepared. Well, the thing is, you in marketing department exactly. written up. Exactly. You know, There's a press release to read out on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Well, yes. I know. If I was doing my job properly, we would have chosen cars from an upcoming auction. Uh, yes. But yes. Uh, but no. You're absolutely uh, right. Yeah. We've, got, we've, got, we've got a three-litre RS. It's not an RSR, but it's a three-litre RS in the coming mm. up in um, Houston. We do. I'll have you know. Uh, yes. Great, great thing. Mm. Mm. They are amazing. When you consider, you compare them against 2.7 RS, 2.7 RS, um, it, it, Turing's, was it 1,380 or something? Like yeah. That? Um, and a 3 litre RS is 55. Yeah. Like, yeah. in rarity terms, it's unbeatable. They're, yeah. they're just, they're mega things. It's interesting, isn't it, that we haven't gone for... None of us have gone very modern, have we? Well, well OK, well, you, I mean, e, E30, modern-ish, but... but, but um, I would have thought you would have gone for, like, a Koenigsegg modded by Mansouri or something like that. <laughs> oh, I'd love that. Yeah. I'd love that. That's your sort of... Your vibe. Uh, yeah. it, 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 it is. It is. Uh, I mean, especially in West in West Sussex villages, it's mm. how you, you know, if you really want to get some respect, you know. For listeners that can't when see you, when, Peter when you, Haynes, he's actually covered in, in piercings and <laughs> tattoos. Um. <laughs> yes. Um, I won't show you my piercings. Um, <laughs> but the... Um, uh, well, I mean, like nobody's nobody's sort of gone for an F50 or... or, or mm. They are... Uh, F50s are amazing. F50 well. GT yeah. would be a good, a good car. You wouldn't get one for five. No, <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't even get close. You wouldn't. Yeah. There's only three of them, isn't there? Yeah. Um, maybe an F40. An F40 Co- GT. GT. Yeah. Yep. Again, there's awesome. there's one coming up very soon. But by the time this podcast comes out, um, it probably would have gone through. Mm. Um, yeah, super things. There's so much we could we could talk like. We could go off on so many tangents and, talk, and and apply this to so many different eras and cars. And, yeah. The one thing, of course, that's worth saying is that our 20 million lottery win last Saturday night, mm. none of us are buying the uh, 250 GTO that we're going to be selling uh, in New York in uh, very shortly. But you, you wouldn't be able to. Oh, you it's, could finance it. You could finance it. You'd have to, yeah. 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 You yeah. can get close. No, 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 even... that, no, no, that's what I mean. Yeah, I mean we, even... we, we, yeah. Can't, we can't afford... In fact, yeah. if you, if we, all three of us won 20 million mm. and pulled all of our money... Mm. Probably still could. Yeah, it's still questionable, potentially. I mm. don't know. It's interesting. Uh, I was in the paddock at Revival and um, uh, I was chatting with a friend next to the white um, ex-John Coombs GTO and a, a friend of his came over and... He said to him, have you ever driven one of these? And he said, yeah, I have. He was like, is, is it actually, you know, there's all the hype and the price tag and everything. Is it actually that good? And he said, yeah. yeah. He said, it is the best car he's mm. ever driven. And he's, this is a guy who's driven, like, Formula One cars uh, all through the a- ages. GT cars, P66 GT, mm. 1970s, 1950s stuff, pre-war. He's driven everything. And he said that GTO. When he hadn't driven that particular one, but he said the GTO is like is the absolute. I've driven the a crop. GTO. Have you? Of course. You, um, I, yeah. I, I, I drove a series two. Yeah, yeah the one yeah. that we've sold. Twenty ten was it? Is it that long ago? It probably yeah. is. We sold another one in twenty eighteen, of course, for a world record. And I sat in that car for many, many, many minutes after the auction, 
We were, you sat in it for many it minutes. A, I did. A bit of a private moment. It was a private moment, okay. actually. And there's picture <laughs> evidence <laughs> of it. And I, Do you talk we, about this at dinner party? <laughs> we just sold it for a world exactly. Mickey. We just, <laughs> my wife does not know that this happened. But no, uh, we, we just sold it for a world record. And we're down in the garages having a beer after the auction. And it was quite, probably quite late or early in the morning. And it was just amazing just to sit in it and be around it and to sort of the I fit the driving position was lovely the gearbox was like there like kind of mod like touring car spec you know yeah yeah where you the, right next to the wheel yeah and just just to spend time with one if you ever if anyone has the opportunity or just to be around one is very special it is it is a car that lives up to the hype um well gents that's been fascinating. Do you think our listeners have been fascinated by this? Only by Bertie the dog. Yeah. I probably, think... For those watching, the appearance of Bertie was probably almost certainly the highlight of this podcast. For but... sure. Mm. For sure. Usually people who are in my presence are not interested in what I'm saying. So if they're not, no. if they're remote, it's probably less so. Not um, your wife, not yeah, your parents, exactly, yeah. none of your friends. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the nature of podcasting. We just have a complete blank canvas. We can just, you know, bore people to death. Um, so thank you very much. Pleasure. That's been great. Thank you very much for your uh, you. your 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 choices. Thank you.